Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the JRPG Report, your weekly Japanese RPG podcast orama. We cover all the news and happenings in that JRPG world that we all love to occupy. And uh, we've got a bevy of news stories for you this week. I hope you enjoyed our last Sunday special. Me and Jordan talked all kinds of fun JRPG things, but we've got some news to get to. And the first thing we want to talk about is something that, uh, you know, me and Jordan talked about on that Sunday special, but you know, I'm sure there's a few of you who don't actually <laughs> listen to all the Sunday shows. You kind of just tune in for the weekly ones and that is perfectly okay. So let's just talk briefly about, um, the big news that broke, I guess last Thursday, we do our podcast on Wednesday. So it was a bit unfortunate that this came out when it did, but Tales of Arise, of course, has gotten that delay. Um, it was previously planned for a 2020 release. It has now been moved to a unannounced release window. Uh, as we kind of talked about, it is unfortunate, and it's a bit troubling that it's not even been given a delay timetable, really, of uh, saying, you know, okay, well, you know, we'll just push it back to 2021. It is purely just unannounced. There was a new image that got released along with it uh, featuring the two main characters so far announced. And they're kind of looking out towards a sunset or I mean a sunrise. And uh, this will go along with the statement that was released. Um, I'll go ahead and just read it all uh, read it to you. As you may have already seen in media stories around our social media channels, we have made the decision to delay the launch timing of Tales of Arise, the latest in the Tales of series. The goal for Tales of Arise is to provide a familiar yet innovative gameplay experience to fans of the series while pushing the technical envelope to deliver a, ha- a high quality of a high level of graphical quality to impress both longtime players and those who have never played a Tales of game. Developmental title has moved steadily forward in 2020 as we overcame challenges along the way. While COVID-19 has affected some aspects of development, we've done our best to adapt to the situation and have implemented remote development capabilities for our team. However, we still need more time to achieve the quality uh, to achieve the quality and provide the gorgeous experience we envision for our players, and therefore we have decided to delay the launch timing for Tales of Arise. A new launch window update will be provided once we have more details to share. In the meantime, the determination of our development team has not weakened. It is always darkest before the dawn, as illustrated in that new image. We hope that you'll join us to bring a new Tales of Adventure to light. Um, thank you for your patience and support, Tales of Rise and Tales of Seas. Regards, uh, Yusuke Tamazawa, the producer of Tales of Arise. Um, as we kind of talked about, this game has been, it kind of faced a, just a long list of challenges, uh, even before this COVID-19 worldwide pandemic hit. I was very hopeful i even made a a video a while back that we might even get during the summer well maybe i just meant the wrong year because this game is certainly going to be delayed 
for a while. Summer 2021 now sounds like a much more um, feasible time frame. Uh, so you have a game that is changing up a well-known formula. Obviously, it's still going to have some elements of the game to it, but it will be very different in a lot of other ways. You've got a game with some new you know, people in place as well. You're also the challenges that everybody else is facing with COVID-19. You've got a game coming out at the very end of a system life cycle. Now, that may not matter as much. Um, there's certainly been plenty of games that have been released at the end of it. But now with this delay, you're going to be past the release of a new system. Now, you can look at it as some of previous entries have, that the installed base is so great on a system like PlayStation 4, it'd be foolish to ignore that. Therefore, you release now two versions of that game. And that's probably... I, I can't imagine that not happening... I certainly hope that this game does not purely go next generation, that there is indeed still a, a quote-unquote current generation <laughs> version put out. Um, but yeah, I can I can only imagine that uh, we will definitely see an up uh, enhanced version to come out for PlayStation 5 and or Xbox Series X. You also had the... Uh, extreme challenge of putting out a worldwide release that was what was planned for this title obviously that takes a lot more time to do so while it's sad news that it was delayed this is uh, if you look at uh, Famitsu's weekly rankings they always put a most anticipated title and uh, once remake came out Tesla Rise instantly shot up to number one I don't think that's going to change necessarily but this is kind of that next big triple a jrpg on the horizon and now it's a little further out on the horizon so as soon as i hear something i did speculate that we were going to hear something <laughs> hopefully we're going to see something about this time of year we did hear something and it was bad news but uh hopefully we'll get some good news here shortly when they do decide on when that next window is going to be um hate to start the podcast off like that, but sometimes that's how this one starts. I do thank you for tuning in each and every week to the JRPG Report. By the way, my name is James Fisher, and thank you this week and every week for tuning in to the podcast. While Tales of Arise was the big news story of the past week, I've got four... Is it four? At least four little tabs opened um, for this next game, and that is a game that we... Don't even know when we're going to be getting here in the West. And that is The Legend of Heroes, Hajibari no Kaseki. There was a new full uh, link trailer come out for the game. Shows a lot of cool uh, aspects in the three and a half minutes that the trailer goes on for, including the game's protagonist, its cross-story system, 50-plus playable characters, and side content such as character episodes, and mini games. Uh, this one is due out on August the 27th in Japan. Stands how we just got a firm release date for uh, Cold Steel 4 this October. I would have to imagine this is now hopefully eyeing some sort of spring and or summer release here in the West. And As America has been a little slow on the translation of this series, so maybe they pick it up just a little bit since it's going to be out 
uh, actually here in, in less than two months in Japan. So maybe they can get an advanced copy and get to work on that one. Uh, there was a fun promotion going on the uh, Falcom store. And uh, anybody who purchases, I believe you've got to spend 1,000 yen, yes, 1,000 yen in the Falcom shop, excluding tax, will receive a free uh, tote bag featuring the, um, I'm not sure how you actually say this, if it's uh, Morgez, I think it's Morgez, M-O-R-G-S, that bakery and cafe that's in Crossbell that you finally get to visit uh, in Cold Steel 3 and, of course, was in the previous Crossbell games, but they're showing a cool little uh, tote bag with that with the uh, the bakery's kind of logo on it. Uh, you can you can still order off that if you can translate it. So I thought that was a pretty cool um, pretty cool freebie that they've got going on. Of course, it's only one tote bag per shipment. I'm sure there will be limited numbers that uh, while supplies last. So if you're looking to get one of those, you need to probably go ahead and do that. Uh, right now is the story that I read was back on July or June 28th. So you might want to get on that if you're looking to get you a, a free little <laughs> uh, tote bag. Um, there was some more details released about Hajimari no Koseki. Um, if you've seen a couple of the screenshots and or video that kind of show that one like um, shooter element to the game, uh, that was one of the mini games that is in this one, and it's actually called Magical Girl Elisa RS. Um, I don't want to go into too many more details on it, because honestly, I really don't want to read a whole lot of these details. There's some major spoilers uh, going on in here that I would definitely at least want to wait until I've completed Cold Steel 4 to really get up on. Um, but I thought that was interesting that... Uh, there's something going on with Elisa and not quite sure what that was. Uh, during the latest um, Famitsu uh, Game no Gazeki Summer 2020 Livestream Festival, um, they got to talking with Falcon President uh, Toshihiro Kondo, and he talked about a few things. Uh, most... Um, not surprisingly, but most perhaps noteworthy is they have already started development on the next Legend of Heroes title. Now, they did say that this will not be Hajimari no Kazeki 2. It does sound like this is kind of a, a freestanding title that's going to wrap itself all up quickly, perhaps um, pull together all the games in the series so far into one end story, kind of wrapping up a bunch of loose ends. This one has said it will um, be present in a new setting. So here's some of the tidbits from that. Um, they say that the new game, Hajimari Koseki, is uh, rather on the short side. Uh, they said Kondo said he played it the other day and is about 40 hours to complete now that is that that's with some of the uh, events seen fast forwarding in able but still compared to especially the cold steel series that's somewhere around half as long um i understand some of the sky games were a little bit um not quite as long maybe in the crossbells as well so maybe this is a little bit more towards the earlier games um 
that's the big one to talk about. Some of the other things they talked about uh, did have some spoilers in there. But yeah, that's the main thing to kind of look forward to. That This series is... The Legend of Heroes, rather, is definitely going on. They have some big long-term plans for it. And it'll be interesting to see not only what happens in Cold Steel 4, as we can find out here in the West, but also what happens in Hajimari, how that wraps up, and then going forward with this series. The biggest hope that uh, I believe myself and uh, long-time listener Jake hope for is that Falcom will move this development translation in-house. They really need to speed up the process of getting these games worldwide. Um, It may be a little... (laughs) little wishful thinking to hope that this is a simultaneous worldwide release. I, I've seen no indication that that is going to happen. However, we certainly need something better than what we've been getting. It's, it makes it very difficult to look forward to the futures of series when, like we're going to have now, Hajimari Koseki will be out for a full two months before we get the game, the previous game in the series in the West. That's kind of crazy, and um, that is kind of what happened a long time ago in JRPGs, but we're not used to that happening as much here recently, so hopefully that will uh, stop happening. Last week we got a ton of new JRPG announcements from the New Game Plus Expo. I'm thinking the next thing we have to really look forward to that's going to kind of focus on at least the Japanese market, is, of course, the Japanese um, yearly show. This year it's going to be digital. Tokyo Game Show 2020 Online will run from September 23rd to the 27th, the official TGS website announced. Um, They say uh, various companies and organizations, from major publishers to indie game developers, will unveil the latest updates, including the release of new titles and services via the official Tokyo Game Show channel. So maybe we've got some big things to look forward to. That timetable could shape up nicely for at least a good update and or trailer to come out for Tales of Arise. That would certainly be nice. So I think we've that's going to be the next big thing to look forward to. But then I, you get something like that come out. And then Square Enix says that... Uh, Usually, we come out with some big guns at E3 in June, and since that did not kind of go on, um, here was a question and answer meeting from the No Investment, No Life form. I'm not exactly sure what that was. Here was a question. They say, normally you would have announced new games at E3, but how has coronavirus affected your plans this year? Here was the answer from Square Enix. We would normally announce new games at E3, Yes. We had planned to have a press conference as a replacement event, but we're unable to do so since assets were not complete. We'll be announcing new titles individually as the timing permits. Several will debut around July to August. So I think that's kind of cool that we'll get those as individual news blurbs in July and August. But Square Enix is not waiting around for Tokyo Game Show. Now, I'm sure they will have plenty of things for that event, but it was kind of interesting that those news stories kind of broke pretty close to each other. Got some big things to look forward to. I 
as I've speculated before, I I don't really think Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a thing anytime soon. I feel like most of Square Enix's major development is going to be on Final Fantasy 7 Remake and its subsequent next parts. But it does say new game titles to be announced, but anything would be new. So we'll kind of hold off on too much speculation until we kind of hear it straight from them. And then we'll go from there. Speaking of Square Enix, we've got two stories from the Final Fantasy world. First, we got a new trailer for Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered. They talked about their light edition as well as debuted their new features trailer. Of course, this one is coming out on August the 27th worldwide. Here is kind of what they're talking about. This uh, remastered edition light. It will allow players to enjoy the first three dungeons of the game, take part in online cross-play in those dungeons, or join in with a player who has purchased the full game to play together in up to 13 dungeons. So, that's that's kind of cool. I mean, anytime you have a free service for people to kind of check out to see if they like the game or not, I think that's a good thing. Here are the latest details via Square Enix in Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition Lite. Adventures can play through the first three dungeons in both single-player and online multiplayer with cross-play functionality. Additionally, players who purchase the full game will be able to host multiplayer sessions with players using the light game. So a full party of up to full four caravanners can play through the 13 dungeons in the fancy adventure together with one copy of the full game. Save data can be carried over from Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition Light Man, it's a tongue twister, to the full game, ensuring players can seamlessly continue their progress into the magical fantasy adventure. In addition to a mimic feature, which allows players to take the form of various characters they meet on their journey, the game, <laughs> the full game will also add a number of new gameplay enhancements to make the adventure more memorable than ever. You don't have a quick chat feature. New tactical commands can give easy text-based instructions to teammates during online multiplayer play. There's a magic timer. It's a new timer mechanic helping players to synchronize and combine their magical attacks to unleash more powerful abilities. There's, of course, user interface improvements. These increase to, uh, increases to material capacity limits allow for more trouble-free adventures, and a mini-map has been added to the game's UI, ensuring players always have a tactical understanding of their environments. There are additional difficulty modes. After finishing the main scenario, high-difficulty dungeons will be available for daring adventures to explore, including the uh, Mine of Catheridges? I think that's how you say it. Uh, which will include powerful enemies and new challenges alike. These challenging post-game dungeons are exclusive to the full release of the game. There's an updated soundtrack as well. Over 50 musical tracks have been newly composed for the game. So it sounds like this game's shaping up pretty nicely again. You know, this is a GameCube remake, so I wouldn't expect to set the world on fire with its visuals. However, that light edition is kind of a neat little touch. So maybe a chance to check it out. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers 5.3 patch 
Reflections in Crystal will. Uh, Reflections in Crystal, <laughs> rather, will release on August the 11th. Uh, this was originally supposed to come out a while ago, but obviously was delayed just a little bit. This will be the conclusion to the Shadowbringers storyline. Uh, patch 5.3 will implement the second installment of the Near Automata Gohara Dark Apocalypse collaboration raid. In addition to this, new story content will be added to the game to close up those Shadowbringers story. I thought I had one more uh, story related to that, but I can't seem to find it. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> what well, sounds like a pretty decent time to take a bit of a break here. So we'll be back with the second half of the JRPG report in just one moment. All right, friends, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, give us a like on our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter for all the latest stories. I usually post them on Twitter and Facebook as I come across them. Sometimes it's a little bit later on, but if you've missed or anything that we talk about in this podcast, or you just want a little bit more information, you can check out those two avenues and all the stories that we talk about that have trailers. Why? Well, you can head over to our YouTube page, JRPG report. You can see all those trailers and then some, I try to post at least one every day. And there's days like today that I've posted a thing for <laughs> someday. There's uh, more than others. Of course, you can also see our video version of our podcast, which uh, during our, our news one every week that will have all those trailers in with it. As I talk about that content, um, if you get a chance to give us a review on whatever platform you listen to as well, that'll help out push those numbers out to all the people who would like to listen as well. Uh, July is going to have two, at least at least two pretty big uh, releases in it, uh, maybe more. But the ones that we've got news for this week is Sword Art Online, Alsatian Lycris. There is a new trailer for it. They're calling this one a battle gameplay trailer. And um, this one's cool, guys. If you are thinking about this game coming out on July 10th, worldwide you might want to check out this trailer i've got it on the youtube channel here are some of the details from it uh, in addition to offering skillful solo swordplay peppered with timing based parries guards and deflections sword art online alice Likers gives players the ability to join forces with their party consisting of up to four players and four AI partners to execute devastating group attacks. The game boasts a deep skill tree, arsenal of weapons and consumable items, a powerful sacred art and powerful sacred arts that range in specialization from offensive magic to defensive magic to healing magic. Yeah, it's not a very long trailer. I think about a minute and a half, but it definitely shows off all those things I just talked about. Looks pretty good while it does it. So there's a game that I wouldn't mind checking out. I'm not going to get it at launch, but maybe can get it a bit down the road and I'll let you know what I think of it if I in fact do that. But definitely check out that trailer. It's um, something you'll want to check out. The other game coming out in the later part of the month 
on July 30th in Europe and Japan and July 31st in North America. That's Fairy Tale. We've gotten a few trailers for this one lately. Well, here's some information about it. Uh, here are the details on its unison rate system. Fairy Tale's extraordinary, extraordinary world of magic and demons is captured in remarkable detail through this all-new gaming experience with the phenomenal focus of delivering the types of magic and mystique fans of the worldwide anime sensation manga have been craving for. In Fairy Tale, characters can now combine in a unison raid to unleash their magic spells at once to overpower enemies. This unison raid ability originally premiered in the Fairy Tale anime and manga, but in the game, all new magic and character team-ups will be featured, introducing exciting new powers from never-before-seen character combinations. Extreme magic spells. In addition, a series of extreme magic spells will be introduced, including Kana's Fairy Glitter, which can be activated when magic attacks are combined, Makarov's Giant Magic, and even a spell known as Exceed Special, which will help your party out in times of terrible trouble. Each magic spell carries unique elemental properties and affinities, with magic dealing more damage to specific opponents. Characters can then upgrade their magic spells by getting experience points throughout their journey. That's JRPG 101 right there. Awakening. Also, by using magic attacks during battle, the part's awakening gauge increases. When the gauge is fully filled, characters can be awakened, enabling them to utilize even more powerful, magical, powerful... (laughs) Try that one more time. Utilize even more powerful, magical abilities. And with each character employing different awakening modes... Players will be able to expand their strategies across a broad range of sorceries and enemies. There's even some bonus costumes. I'm a little upset about this one because this is the digital deluxe version of Fairy Tale. Has been recently revealed, boasting special Grand Magic Games team costumes, a bonus Lacrima set, and a DDX Limited Ryza costume for Lucy. As a huge fan of Atelier Ryza, would have been really cool to have this, but that is in the Digital Deluxe Edition. As you guys will know, I'm a physical collector, so maybe I can, I guess, shell out a few bucks for it from DLC uh, if I ever did pick the game up. Oh, still kind of on the fence about it, but I just don't know. Like I, I kind of had this plan laid out that I didn't want to buy any games for a little while until Cold Steel 4 and kind of catch up on some backlogs, play through the Sky series, but Fairy Tale is really making me kind of question that and not quite sure what to think about it at this point in time, but shaping up that July could be a pretty decent month for JRPGs. Sometimes we get in the middle of the year and we get kind of that lull, but at least it doesn't seem like, well, we weren't originally, but Due to some worldwide delays, now we are getting them July, and it could be a great little bonus for gamers. A new game was revealed today, and I don't know a lot about it, so I'm just kind of passing this along to you guys, and we'll make the determination later if this is, in fact, a JRPG or not. Sometimes you just don't know at first. Animal Project has announced Animal Song from the Abyss, an action RPG based on the Anima Beyond Fantasy tabletop game. This one's going to be due out for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, P4, 
PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. A release date was not announced. However, it will support English, French, Italian, German, and Spanish language options. There's been three other entries in this anima video game series. Uh, going back to the uh, Wii game, Ark for Sinners, in July of 2011. Anime Gate of Memories, which launched for P- PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Mac, PC, and Linux back in June 2016. And Anime Gate of Memories, the name was Chronicles, which also came out for the same platforms in June of 2018. Uh, here are some of the key features of this one. It's a gripping story full of mysteries to uncover and wonders to unravel. A deep and intuitive battle system that merges fast-paced real-time action with RPG elements. Swap between two different and unique characters in a dynamic single-player experience. Explore a rich, interconnected open world. Move back and forth between different environments and discover new areas and secrets. Face epic bosses from huge worms to legendary monsters, each with their own unique style and gameplay. Interesting characters to interact with. Develop your bond with them through your words, decisions, and actions. Level up, unlock, and customize unique skills with each character. Forge their weapons and create uh, unaccountable combinations. And multiple innings depending on your actions. There's a very uh, short and (laughs) at 30 seconds long, it can't be much more than this. But it is a true teaser trailer, kind of just showing, I guess, the main character. You can check out some screenshots for some more detail on that. Like I said, we'll kind of leave that door open to see exactly what this one is. Is like I, I realize there's been three games previously to this, but I was not aware of this one. Can't be up on all of them, so it sounds pretty cool. And we'll see if it has the makings. I mean, I listed all those key features. That's a good chunk of <laughs> checks a lot of the JRPG boxes, right? You know, your uh, definition of what a JRPG is. It, Obviously, being developed in Japan helps, but there's plenty of games, like one that we'll talk about later, that have those elements to it and are things that I will cover on this podcast because, hey, you can't play every game coming out in Japan. And it's nice to play, you know, other influenced ones that have those elements to it as well. And the game I was talking about, we've had a couple trailers for here lately, and another one came out for Haven. This one is called the Glide Free Trailer. Um, doesn't really... I, actually, I'll be honest, it just came out a few minutes ago, and I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. But if you're interested, I should have that up on the YouTube channel here shortly. You can check it out. Games, it has my attention. It has uh, just has a 2020 release date still. But I am kind of feeling like this uh, bevy of trailers that we've gotten here recently kind of sounds like they're wanting to move this one forward. Uh, they're trying to build up some momentum for it, and maybe they'll come out with a release date trailer here pretty soon. Another game we talked about either last week or the week before, that's RPG, <laughs> RPG Maker MV, has a release date. It will launch for PlayStation 4 and Switch on September 8th in North America, September 11th in Europe, and September 18th in Oceania, publisher NIS America announced. A limited edition is currently available for pre-order 
through the NIS America online store. This is for PS4 and Switch, and it'll go for $59.99. includes the copy of the game, creator's log, official soundtrack, and a collector's box. The game looks pretty cool. I'm trying to think what the graphics remind me of, and the only way I can kind of justify it is it's a weird mix from like and it looks like it's inspired more by something like Super Nintendo or PlayStation 1. However, it has like the graphical fidelity of PS2 um as, but some of the sharpness of like a even a PS3 game. So it's um at least in the game that they showed off in this new trailer, the release date trailer, um kind of has me intrigued. I've I think I recall playing like the very first one back on PlayStation and it was just really overwhelmed with uh the amount of things that you could do. Now that's kind of the idea is you can make your own games. Um I'm intrigued by this one. It looks like a lot of fun and we'll have we'll get a better look at it in not too much longer. Uh, September eighth here in North America. I'm sure we'll have some more information on that as it gets a little bit closer to it. But you kind of know the deal with this one. You get to make your own RPG games. And what cooler way to do that if you've got a lot of free time, <laughs> go for it. Another trailer I'm working on and should have up on the YouTube channel here soon is there was a launch trailer for Trails of Cold Steel 3 Switch Edition. And it kind of gives you a little bit of the backstory that will catch you up on some of the things. Um, if you're playing this on the Switch, that more than likely means you don't have a PlayStation 4 or a PC capable of playing the old ones, and you will need some catching up on the first two games in order to truly enjoy this one. If if I'm being real with you, I would say definitely do not play this game without playing the first two, but if it means you getting into the series and then we'll go back and play those first two ones, then I'd say that's better than nothing. You won't get as much out of it as someone just like myself who hasn't played all of the Sky games previously. I can't get as much out of Cold Steel as perhaps somebody else, but that doesn't mean you cannot love them as, I don't know, my love seems to be pretty overflowing <laughs> for uh, this series. So if you're looking to check it out, you should definitely do that if you have no other way of playing these games. Um, most of the reviews have been outstanding for it, as, I mean, it's a great, great game, as it should be. Uh, was my <laughs> a game, or JRPG, of 2019. Um, there are some limitations with the Switch hardware. We've known about that from the beginning. It is docked at 720. So, in handheld mode, you're not going to notice that. Should you put it on your dock and play on your screen, you're definitely going to notice some... Uh, differences if you've seen some of the media from the PlayStation 4 release. If you don't know any of that, then it might not look so bad to you, right? But uh, yeah, check out that new launch trailer for it. Uh, the positive spin on it is maybe this uh, encourages Falcom to release those previous ones on Switch. I'm kind of, you know, uh, it's a head-scratcher that they didn't do that first, but maybe they're gauging interest for it not quite sure <laughs> what the deal is there if you've got some money in your pocket and it needs to be spent 
Well, I've got something for you if you are a Persona 5 Royal fan. Um, coming up here soon. Um, actually, you can pre-order this now. I'm not sure. It's got a November 2020 release date. There is a new... Um, I hope I can say this pronunciation correctly. Kotobukiya Persona figure on the way. And this time it's for Kasumi. Um, if you have played Royal and this girl has stolen your heart like she has everybody else, you can get this super uh, amazing looking figure. I believe they did a Joker one as well that's pretty phenomenal. Now it's going to set you back a little bit. Um, $161 to be exact, but you can pre-order that now through the company. Uh, I shared this story on Facebook so you can get the direct link there and do that man it's uh it's an impressive looking figure to say the least definitely want to check that out if you're interested and got some uh some cash to spend we got a new trailer um it's been a few days ago but we weren't able to report on that you can check it out on our youtube channel christ tales has put out about nine minutes of gameplay footage that you can See, publisher, Modus Games, and developers, Dreams, Unincorporated, and SYCK have released. Here is an overview of the footage. Uh, Modus Games has shared a new look at how battles and exploration play out from past, present, and future simultaneously in Christ Tales, the classically inspired RPG from developers, Dreams, Unincorporated, and SYCK. The gameplay joins heroine Christ Spells parties as a as a quest leads them through the picturesque coastal kingdom of St. Clarity. It's surprisingly dangerous underbelly and crystal-coated dungeons teeming with deadly beasts. Players can cleverly spread their influence across time to solve plights, plaguing the town citizens, and provide a better future for everyone in the breathtaking wider kingdom of Chrysalis. Game's looking pretty cool. It finally got that... Uh, release date not long ago of November 17th. So if you'd like to check that out, you know where to head on over to. Compile Heart has once again updated its website for the 3D RPG dungeon crawler, Mary Skelter Finale. We got the characters Gauto, Toa, as well as the murder hunt system. So first, Gauto, he's one of the few survivors of the surface who runs into Mary in her group while barely alive. He knows a bit about the surface and shares his knowledge of the world's condition and how to survive. And then there's Toa, who has a pole with a cement block on the end of it. <laughs> that would be pretty... That would hurt pretty well. A former Dawn gatekeeper that guarded the entrance to the liberated district. His parents were killed by March in the past, and he has been working out day after day to enact his revenge. So here is the murder hunt system. Nightmares are invincible creatures. They are beings that, even if killed, possess an immortal nature to resurrect. Once you get sucked into a nightmare space and are discovered by a nightmare, a murder hunt will commence. If that nightmare catches up to you, you could be on the receiving end of a vicious attack. In Mary Skelter Finale, there's also a new element in that a Baymare will cling to the Blood Maidens if they get attacked by a Nightmare. You have no chance of winning in an encounter against the Invincible Nightmare. Use traps and destroy body parts in battle while running for your life. 
If you manage to make it outside the nightmare space, the nightmare will lose sight of the blood maidens and allow you to escape. But that's not all. There is a new trailer for the game, and it is called the New Systems Trailer. Introducing the game's new zapping and baby mare system. So if you want to check these out, you can do so. Again, I'll have that up over on the YouTube page. And you can check that out if you're looking forward to Mary Skelter finale. But Kampalhart was not quite done just yet. Um, Kampalhart president, Kochiwa, teased a potential PlayStation 5 project in development during the latest episode of Compile Heart TV. There's a full exchange that I shared over on the Facebook page. Even the uh, video as well is linked in there. But this is one of those stories that, to me, is not a story in the fact that, honestly, what company is not, at least in early stages, if not actual development for PlayStation 5 titles? I mean... The system is coming out in a few months. Usually you want to be on the, you know, the leading edge of these so that you can have a game come out for this new system within a year or two. So considering how fast Compile Heart pumps out these titles, it would make complete sense to me to already have uh, start working on the next one. And um, we'll just have to wait and see what that is. Whenever I hear it, I'll pass it along to you guys. Monster Hunter World Iceborne Title 4 update does finally have a release date and that is going to be July 9th, Capcom announced. Additionally, the company confirmed that the events monster in Monster Hunter World Iceborne will return to their normal rotation starting the day before on July 8th. An event quest schedule will be updated on the game's official website and in-game via the notice board in the Gathering Hub on July 8th. Third, a new developer diary has premiered. You can check out that video on the U- on the Monster Hunter YouTube channel. And uh, so there's also a launch trailer that went along for this, showing off the Atelion monster in addition to this new release date for Title Four update. And then a odd little bit that came out of an investor relations website. They asked. Uh, I'm not sure who they asked. It doesn't actually say. But the question was, I'd like to ask about plans to bring Monster Hunter World to Nintendo Switch. Also, I'd like you to sell a Monster Hunter game that is geared towards middle and high school students that they can enjoy. And the Capcom response was, there are currently no plans to bring Monster Hunter World to Nintendo Switch. I kind of, kind of, I find that kind of shocking, to be quite honest, given... Um, the previous popularity of the Monster Hunter titles on Nintendo handheld systems, it seems a little odd. Now, however, they did say that they develop a Monster Hunter that middle and high school age students can enjoy, so please look forward to it. Kind of an interesting um, dynamic that they're making, they're looking to make a less mature title in the series. But it's not going to be for the Switch. They have no, quote, no plans to bring Monster Hunter World onto Nintendo Switch. I guess that does leave open the door for this future Monster Hunter title to come out for the Switch that could be geared towards um, 
younger audiences. So I found that uh, last story about Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm not sure how it got lost, but starting actually tomorrow, July 2nd, there is going to be a crossover event between Final Fantasy XIV and Dragon Quest. Some of the uh, series' famous monsters will make an event, uh, make an appearance, uh, including um, the Thugs Masks, a wind-up Brick Man, Gollum Minion, and a King Slime Crown. That jiggles on your head when equipped. Very cool stuff. And, um, of course, what collaboration with Dragon Best would be complete without a little puff puff? <laughs> that is right. The Dragon Quest, uh, one of the things it is known for is the puff puff. Uh, you can see how that's going to be carried out in Final Fantasy fourteen starting tomorrow. They say that event will run from July 2nd, 2020 at 1 a.m. Pacific Standard Time until July 27th at 7.59 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I got one more story for you guys. A quick update. I mentioned that I was selected for the Genshin Impact closed final beta that starts tomorrow as well. And I am able to live stream that, so... I'll be doing that at night. Um, somewhere's in that 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time here in uh, the U.S. Uh, anywhere from 10 to 12. I'll try to get that on there. And uh, so if you guys are interested in checking that out, you can. Of course, you can go back and view that later on on the JRPG Report YouTube channel. You can check it out anytime. Um, so that is kind of my plans to try to finish up Persona 5 Royal for a little bit and then play a little bit of the open beta when I have time. If you aren't so inclined and want to support this podcast, you can do so either by clicking the link at the bottom of the podcast. You can go through Anchor directly, or we do have a Patreon. You can check us out and support us over there. Many thanks to everyone who has already signed up to that. And I should have a, I'll have a full list of you guys that I should try to share each episode, just a way of saying thank you to all those who support us here. Last story for you guys. Grand Blue Fantasy Summer Festival will uh, be a live stream this year, obviously. And it will come out or be held on August the 8th. It's going to run from 1800 until 2100 Japan Central Time on that day. As usual, the broadcast will be packed with content, including variety segments, news, information on future updates, and more, and further details will be announced at a later date. Of course, this festival is is geared towards the mobile game that's in Japan. Um, however, at previous ones, they have talked not only about verses, but about what I would be interested in, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. That has been something we've not talked about in a while so it seems like August 8th would be a pretty good time to say, hey, the game is still in development. We've had a bit of a delay. Expect it out. I mean, at this point, you're going to be, you're not coming out this year, I don't think. So we're looking to come out in 2021 with, you know, current and next gen games in development. 
that's probably the best we could hope for. Uh, maybe a teaser trailer of sorts would be nice, but it's just kind of hard to know what's going to come out of it. That's going to do it for this week's podcast. We had a bunch of fun things to talk about. This one went a little bit longer than I thought it might, but that's always a good thing. More JRPG goodness is always better. I will catch you guys again on Sunday. I believe the plan is to do part two, and that'll be the last part of our Xenoblade Chronicles um, soundtrack, so you can get the later parts of it. I didn't want to do... Well, I, the first one was long enough as it was. I wanted to do a part two. That way I didn't get into any spoilers myself and wanted to experience that music in the game before putting that soundtrack out. So this will... Uh, and and even some of the names of the tracks would have been spoilers. So I'm glad I kind of wait on that one. So you can experience that on Sunday. And I'll go ahead and preview what we're trying to do. Uh, our Sunday special to release on July the 12th. We are going to do another special interview with a young up-and-coming developer who's got a new game that is uh, coming out. And we're excited to talk about it. I'll give a little bit more information on that as it gets nailed down. But um, certainly some fun Sunday specials to look forward to. And of course, each Wednesday, unless something else happens, uh, we plan to always have your weekly JRPG podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys back here again next time on the JRPG Report. Till then, get back out there and level up. <laughs>